0: What's
1: new? How is the world treating you? My name is Ed Peters, and I welcome you on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Acts chapter 1, moving on to verses 4 through 8. These verses continue the 40 day post resurrection ministry of Jesus. Here now is what Dr. Luke writes. In one of these meetings, he told them not to leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them in fulfillment of the Father's promise, a matter he had previously discussed with them. John baptized you with water, he reminded them, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit in just a few days. And another time when he appeared to them, they asked him, Lord, are you going to free Israel from Rome now and restore us as an independent nation? The Father sets these dates, he replied, and they are not for you to know. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power to testify about me with great effect to the people in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth about my death and resurrection." Verse 8 is the commission that still holds for today. This is not given only to a corporate body, to the church, as a body. It is not a corporate commission. This is a very personal command to each believer, personally and privately. This was given to these men even before the Holy Spirit had come and formed the church. It is a direct command for you and for me today. It is our business to get the Word of God out to the world. Now, in order to get this gospel out, we need power. That was his promise. You will receive power. And we need the leading of the Lord. Although it is our business today to get out the Word of God, there is no power in us. There is no power in the church. But there is power in the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who moves through an individual or through the church. The question is whether we permit him to do so. Now here to bring us our study for today
2: is Pastor Henry Harder. Every person who writes a book has an aim or a purpose for doing so. Luke wrote the book of the Acts of the Apostles to commend the Christian community, the church, to the Roman government. He proved that it was not a subversive, dangerous new sect, as some would have the government believe. Christians were loyal and good citizens of the empire. He wrote the book, too, to give an accurate history of the beginning and development of the early church. The risen Christ had said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Here was a religion that began in a little insignificant city among an insignificant people in the empire, and in a little over 30 years it reached the capital, Rome. Really, as someone has suggested, a good title for this book might be How They Brought the Good News from Jerusalem to Rome. The gospel is not just for the Jews, Luke informs us. It is also for the hated Samaritans, for an Ethiopian who was a eunuch, It was for the Gentiles at Antioch, for the poor, the wealthy, the educated, the uneducated, for the wicked and for the good. The gospel is for every lost person. Jesus came for everyone. The good news is that anyone can receive him and be saved. Christianity began in the Holy Land and swept across the empire. The last chapter to that story has not yet been written. I have reason to believe that the expansion of the church was much more dynamic than historians tell us. I will talk about that at another time. We are forced to only one conclusion, that this indeed was a work of God through his Holy Spirit. There can be no other conclusion. No man-made institution begun in a tiny insignificant country by a man who was executed as a criminal at 33, could have survived, let alone exploded, in so short a time. In recording this history, Luke, the author of this book, called the Acts of the Apostles, begins with its founder, Jesus Christ. He focuses first on his bodily resurrection. The founder of this institution is not dead. He lives. He lives today. He is not the one who was. He is the one who is. That makes all the difference in the world. So Luke begins there. I want to suggest another reason Luke wrote the book of the Acts. I have really suggested two reasons so far. One was apologetic. Luke defended this new Christian community to the Roman government. I suggest another, the historical one. Namely, that it was Luke's purpose to tell the accurate story of the founding and expansion of the church. But there must be another purpose for writing it. Luke in this book also deals with doctrine. There is not only an apologetic purpose, not only a historical purpose, but also theological. There is a strong emphasis in this book, for example, on the sovereignty of God. The gospel spread. Intense persecution and opposition couldn't stop it. Nothing could stop it. The only conclusion is that God sovereignly directed its growth and expansion. I focus briefly on a fourth purpose. I've mentioned the apologetic one, the historical one, the theological, But there is also an emphasis in Acts on eschatology or prophecy on the future. Luke begins with a term of prophecy in chapter 1 verse 6, the term the kingdom of God, and he ends the book with the same term in chapter 28 verse 31. That Luke was interested in the kingdom of God is obvious from the fact that he used that term thirty-two times in the Gospel and six times in the Acts. There are other terms in this book that talk about the Church in the future. So Luke isn't just history or past-oriented, but also future-oriented. But it is all based on Jesus Christ and particularly on the fact that he was bodily raised. Luke notes that after Jesus stepped out of that tomb which couldn't hold him, He appeared to his followers, giving them convincing proofs that he really was alive. He wanted them never to doubt that most important fact. He also spoke to them off and on for 40 days before his ascension about other matters. He spoke about the kingdom of God. What else he spoke to them about, we can only surmise. No doubt he spoke about the fact that he was the promised Messiah. No doubt he spoke to them about interpreting the Old Testament from the perspective of his resurrection. And, of course, he must have spoken to them about their responsibility to be worldwide witnesses. In Luke chapter 24, the author reveals the content of Jesus' conversation with some of his disciples. And in the book of Acts, these things are elaborated on. It's a tremendous privilege to belong to the Lord, to be a member of his body, his church. Every local church that follows him is a miniature of the church universal. None is perfect, and none will be, as long as us humans belong to it. But he is perfect, and he is its Lord.
0: Every eye shall see glory of God, that Jesus is Lord.